Today are we, we are going to uh, dive into the concept of ROI, um, return uh, on investment, and its importance uh, to the business arena and to CEOs and the other decision, decision makers. Um, Everybody is talking about ROI uh, and its importance, but what is its, its real importance? Uh, is it really uh, the, the, the heart of, the, of decision making? It's, it's a great question, uh, Tal. It, you know what every business person asks himself every time he does something? What's in it for me? And that's basically what return on investment is, right? What's in it for me? Um, if I install or I implement or I purchase something, I want to know the value that it creates and generates for me, for my business, you know, even in personal life. Um, how does that change my, um, my family style, my uh, hobbies, and, and very specifically in the business um, arena, what's in it for me or return on investment is a critical metric when we, we come to measure any type of um, business changes. In our space, when you come to implement a business analytics solution, you want to know what can you expect from it. And typically, you're either going to build a KPI around return on investment yourself and set the goals, or you're going to demand that it's going to be measured during the journey of um, that specific implementation. So can we say that it is about ROI-based management? That's the way uh, of, of doing things? So I, I think that b business intelligence specifically um, is built to improve processes inside organizations. And, and inherently, that means that there is a KPI behind it. It could be that it's going to be more complicated and more cumbersome to make decisions. And then maybe the ROI will be negative. So it really depends first and foremost on the measurements that the organization will eventually dictate to specifically um, I would say calculate how the return on investment is is going to be managed um, and I think more specifically it needs to be human resources and eventually revenues can I improve both of them all right um, a little more about ROI and uh, and BI how BI is, uh, is the main stone, cornerstone of, 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 make, of making the decision of ROI? Yeah, it, it, so I, I think that w when you look at analytics implementations, you need to think about two major KPIs. One is ROI, return on investment. The other one is what we call TCO, total cost of ownership. How much does it cost beyond just the software to own an analytics solution? Um, headcount, time to insight, uh, maybe hardware that I need to have in order to assure that I can uh, turn on the software and, and so on and so forth. I, I think we're trying to focus on the ROI, so we'll not necessarily talk about the total cost of ownership at this point, but um, I, I think in the analytics world, return on investment is critical because that's probably the only way to measure the utilization of those kind of solutions. Um, we will typically look at use cases 
and through the lens of those use cases, we'll be able to measure the return on investment. So the, the metric that you know I mentioned earlier, whether it's going to be human resources, it's going to be um, additional revenues, it's going to be time to market, it's going to be all of those KPIs that the businesses measure itself um, in its own universe will be also uh, applied to the business intelligence implementation. Right. I, I think some in, some examples are needed. Uh, you uh, rented uh, uh, use cases. Give me some examples. Yeah, of course. Um, so I, I'll try to give you examples uh, from various industries. BI or analytics is implemented in any type of vertical. Um, Pyramid is working in, you know, in aviation, we're working in manufacturing, we're working in the automotive industry, in banking, insurance, and the list goes on and on. Um, maybe one interesting example in automotive, uh, some of our customers are Jaguar, Land Rover, uh, Volkswagen, um, we have OEMers in the in the automotive industry that support all kinds of, of automotive manufacturers. And one of the use cases that um, Pyramid is in, implemented in is in the assembly line of cars. And we're connected to all the IoT machineries. So we're seeing live stream of data coming from the assembly line. It used to take the car manufacturer about two months to call for a defect in a, in a car manufacturing. Your seatbelt is crooked, your ABS system is not calibrated properly. The cost of recall is massive. Um, if someone bought a car for a fortune, I don't know, $100,000, and then he's requested to come back to the factory and fix the car, that's a massive cost for the, the car manufacturer. When Pyramid was implemented, the, the ROI, the KPI that we were looking at is what is the time for a recall? And we were able to reduce it from seven weeks to less than a day, to actually eight hours, which means eventually that I can report almost in near real time that there is a problem with the car manufacturing. And by doing that, I saved you, first of all, two months of assembly line that is working uncalibrated. Second, recall for cars. You can probably look at it in the millions of dollars. Um, what is amazing in my eyes is that the car company, I guess many car companies, couldn't do that until they implemented your technology. So, yeah, first of all, it is true that... That is a smart, com a smart factor, right? That's the, the, the industry 4.0. First of all, it's true that um, it... The changes in the implement in, in the ROI while implementing a business analytics um, solutions are almost trivial in our mind, right? You're saying, listen, it's 2023. What? It takes you seven, eight weeks to do a recall? It's, it's embarrassing. And the honest truth is that um, all of those um, heavy-duty industries, finance, insurance, uh, banking, which are providing highly sophisticated products are leaning on very, um, I would say, legacy solutions that are not necessarily using the cutting edge technologies of today. And because of that, they um, are, um, I would say, unfortunately, dependent on old school methodologies. But so they aggregate the data, but they don't actually use it. They don't uh, give the, they have the benefits from the data they have. 
it, it's first of all yes it's true um, when you think about analytics um, we like to talk about the cycles in in the historical progression of analytics and aggregating restoring data is the first step to be data driven right um, if I don't store the data if I don't collect the data if I don't refine the data and fix the data it's it's not usable for me so definitely the last few decades decades the big investment was around the data side um, probably in the last decade there's been a tremendous change in the way people perceive and use analytics from maybe what is called data visualization you know pie charts we also have pie charts but they are as round as anybody else mm -hmm. um, it's more about solving operational use cases like the one that I gave you example on the manufacturing side maybe I can give you ex yes, an, another one, example yes, um, maybe in retail uh, one of our customers actually in the UK we we have a pretty strong presence in retail um, Procter um, Procter and Gamble um, Palmolive is a customer of us um, uh, Pepsi is a is a customer of us. Kellogg's is a customer of us. So one of our customers is actually manufacturing um, uh, produce that comes in boxes, and every day they have a shipping from the factory to all the warehouses and the fulfillment centers. They saw that they have about thirty million dollars waste on annual basis. That's a massive number for a you know a food manufacturer or a CPG, a consumer packaged goods, and they were looking for ways to solve that problem. And as you said earlier, they are collecting the data, but they weren't able to solve the operational use case and connect to all of those, um, I would say, supply chain data points on, in real time. And then reporting on where the waste is, that's what Pyramid does. We sit on top of their data and we can help them save that amount of money. So again, you're talking about millions of millions of dollars saved on quarterly basis. Are there cases where uh, where you're using your uh, uh, technology uh, improved the business cycle and uh, I don't know the, uh, enabled the companies to uh, gain uh, much more uh, income or so on. So, first of all, yes. Um, I think saving on operational cost will eventually improve the bottom line. One example is actually in healthcare. Uh, so we have a massive install base in healthcare, some of the largest Blue Cross Blue Shield um, organizations in the U.S., which you know are the most probably um, complicated products that they sell to their customers. Um, so one of them is using Pyramid to calculate the premium that a person needs to pay the company um, on monthly basis. We, it's called per user per month. Um, and it's a very, very complex analytical exercise. I need to know each persona. I need to know your age, your gender, your health um, history, and so on and so forth. By doing a analytical optimization of the cost that this patient or this person needs to pay the insurance company, <coughs> sorry, we can optimize eventually the, the risk reward because that's insurance. We can optimize the risk reward. And by doing that, um, actually making sure that the gross margins of the insurer will be 
at the range that they wish it will be. All right. Is it, is it the, the, the point where AI joins BI in, in order to give the, the right, uh, I don't know, decisions? F first of all, the, the, the easy answer is yes, absolutely. AI is a big part of that and the ability to use non-rule-based automation structures on top of um, pricing or cost optimization is making um, this auto automation much more sophisticated and much more, I would say, robust as a solution. Um, but even if you remove AI from the equation, the ability to sit on top of massive amounts of data, to be able to draw calculations, very, very complex, um, and then apply automation, which is the AI world, um, is something that is quite outstanding in, in that industry. All right. I heard you uh, talking about another use case that was, I think, airports. Is that uh, thing you can uh, talk, uh, tell us about? Yeah, it's actually an interesting customer of us. Uh, we, we definitely support the aviation industry. Uh, one of our customers is, a, um, is actually an airport in the U.S. And they were trying to optimize the revenue that they generate from every person that comes through the airport. And think about it, there is parking lots, there, is, uh, sh there are shops, um, there are ex um, additional costs from um, sending another suitcase to wrapping the suitcase to who knows what. And they realized that comparing to maybe other airports, and it's not a very, very big one, um, comparing to other airports, the revenue per traveler was not um, in line with the industry benchmarks. They started to implement Pyramid. They actually started to collect data across the entire airport. And within a year, they increased the revenues by 5x. So, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting way to think about optimi optimizing um, the outcome of a traveler in an airport uh, by putting additional signs, by changing pricing. It was quite a complex... Um, interesting use case, which solved across the board everything that you can get inside an airport, but from a data and data analytics perspective. All right. I, I am I'm interested in, in the point of um, the technology, and the, is there an advantage of one technology of BI on another? That means that is a pyramid can produce more ROI to uh, to company based on the same amount of data and say the same cost of, uh, of technology? Uh, so first of all, obviously I'm not objective and I'm, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think we... we it, is, it is really interesting to, to ask this question. Uh, every, everything is AI, but are all AI are the same. Yeah, it's, it's a, as I said, I'm not objective and I definitely have a biased opinion around what Pyramid does and I do believe that we have a very, um, I would say, outstanding offering in the space. But I will say that there are three major things that you need to think about when you want to implement a new analytic solution. One is the way you connect to your data assets. So there are two major ways to do that. One is called data ingestion. You basically take a subset of your data, a small fraction of it, you put it into your analytics layer, and that's your computing power. It's great because it's quick and dirty. I can upload a, quickly a quick sample into my desktop and I can start playing with it and probably get quick results. The problem with it is that I actually don't see my entire data assets. And the second way to do data analytics or to connect to your data is through what we call 
direct querying engine, uh, which is what Pyramid um, probably has the most, I would say, robust offering in the market. We connect directly natively to any data source in the space. It could be legacy BW from SAP um, on-premise and Snowflake and Redshift and anything in between. Um, and by connecting to that entire ocean, not even lake, but an ocean of data, um, we can allow you to optimize the questions and the answers that you will get from, from your data. So that's one, one cru crucial, um, important thing to, to do. The second part is the depth of calculations. Um, so eventually, what is analytics? Analytics is the way to do one plus one equals seven, whatever. Um, and the deeper you can go into the calculations and the deeper you can go into your measures and hierarchies, which is mostly the way our data is structured, and the more profound ways you have to draw assumptions and eventually um, conclusions from your data, your analytics journey will be much deeper and much more sophisticated. And that's the second part that Pyramid offers. So direct querying engine. The second one is a very unique, profound data analytics engine that can provide a very deep calculation structure. And the third part is what you know we, you and I call AI, but let's call it automation of insights. Mm -hmm. Why is it important? It's important because we want to bring more and more users, more and more people, more and more personas under the fold of analytics. Analytics, and you know, each and every one of us has experience with analytics, even if it's only Excel. The very simple stuff, it's quite easy to do. The very sophisticated stuff, quite difficult to do. You need to really know what you're doing. The problem is everything in between. And in, in between, there aren't many solutions that are easy to use, that are um, self-service enough that can drive people like myself, who maybe has the basic covered, but I do want to ask the next question. I don't know how to do those exotic calculations, and I still want to be able to use my data to run my business, and that's where AI comes into play. The ability to actually automate through chatbots and search and NLP and NLQ, um, you know, chat GPT definitely brought a very, I would say, behavioral, behavioral um, idea to the table that I want to talk to my, my data. I want to get answers. So why not be able to do that in my company? There are lots of reasons why it's difficult, but let's say that uh, creating automation around narratives and free language and getting some essence about my business through AI is the third part. So summarizing it, um, connecting to your data assets, very critical. I want to connect to everything. I don't care size, location, complexity. The second part, I actually want to be able to do any type of calculation on top of my data and be able to draw assumptions and conclusions. And the third part is bringing every user under the fold of analytics through the utilization of AI. All right. So when you look at the, the whole package, is that what's giving your customers a better ROI? First of all, absolutely, yes. Um, the ability to get a wholesome experience from a single vendor, rather than, um, you know, we started talking about TCO, total cost of ownership. There are definitely lots of great solutions in the market. Many vendors, analytics is quite an established industry. 
It's been around for decades. The problem is that it's heavily dependent on connecting various solutions to get a um, standard offering from end to end, from the data acquisition and data fixing and data cleansing through the analytics part, then to distribution of insights, right? Um, and Pyramid offers out of the box a wholesome experience end to end, soup to nuts, if you will, uh, from acquiring the data through the distribution of automation um, and automatic insights and anything in between. Um, AI is woven across the entire platform in a way that I don't believe that anyone yet has been able to achieve in the market, which gives us a huge technological advantage in the space. But, you know, I think technology is maybe the first step in the door. Eventually, you know, what you uh, brought to the table, which is return on investment and potentially TCO, is the way our customers will measure their success with using Pyramid. And that's where I think we outsmart, outshine, outperform everybody else in the market. Right. Amazing, because that's what I meant to ask you. Uh, I think we should maybe talk a little bit about how do you measure uh, typically ROI? Um, what can you say about that? So, you know, I, I think me measuring ROI is, first of all, not necessarily a vanilla story across the board. Um, probably each use case will have its own uniqueness in the way I want to understand if this exercise of implementing a analytic solution was valuable for me. But there are two things that are probably the most important ones. One is time to insight. How fast can I actually get an answer from my data? Um, and you know, you asked me earlier, what? It's 2023 and people still take weeks to get an insight? Yes, they do. Um, and I want to know that I can actually produce insight potentially in real time, on the fly. I want to ask a question and get an answer. So that's the first one, um, time to insight. The second one is um, human intervention. Lots of analytic solutions requires massive um, people support. So from the data preparation to the data acquisition to the data ingestion to um, the creation of insights and the list goes on and on and on and it's heavily involved. I want to have a solution that is actually plug and play. I want to connect it to my data and I want to start consuming insights and that's where Pyramid uh, probably outperform anybody else. It's implemented within minutes and you're off to the races. All you need to do is point to your data because we don't ingest. You just connect to your data assets and you can start actually asking your data questions and get answers. So again, to summarize the story, it's um, people and it's time. And those are probably the two matrices that we measure everything in life. Um, it's true to analytics as well. All right, let's talk about the third uh, analytics and that's uh, KPI. Um, would you say that KPI in, in the BI uh, space, would you say that the data and the data analytics uh, can contribute to KPIs of a company? So it's, it's an interesting question. Um, first of all, KPIs are an output of analytics solutions, right? I, I want to do, I want to look at my key performing, performing indicators and see what happened. Um, so and I, I want to set those indicators, I, those key uh, indicators. True. So I, I, was, I was going to, to say that 
in in the analytics space we tend to to think about few things one is back mirror view i want to look at the history and see what happened um, and that's a typical kpi you were up you were down you were red you were green you were happy you were sad but that's what history um, happened and i cannot change it the second part um, is what um, will could happen so that's predictive analytics and if i will change the cost of my products if i will reduce the cost of my headcount if i'm going to increase the number of cars that ship my boxes to <coughs> the warehouse how's that going to affect my my business outcome and that's predictive analytics and the third one is prescriptive analytics can i actually i the analytics offering prescribe what the business needs to do and you know what even do it for them so in the world of KPIs, um, when we look at back mirror view, it's quite simple. Um, it's either up or down or happy or sad or red or green. Um, and, and that's nothing that I can do that will influence the history. When I take the history and I apply it forward and I use analytic solution to actually help me predict what, could, what will happen, should I continue to run my business as is, Maybe I'm going to be super profitable. Maybe I'm running into the wall. Maybe um, I have one product that is my best seller and I have five products that are actually I'm losing money on. Why, am I even why do I even keep them on the shelf? So there are lots of ways to make sure that I can improve my business just from the lens or just from the back mirror view, applying predictive capabilities. So actually what should uh, companies uh, pay attention to when they set their KPIs uh, based on, the, on that data? So, f first of all, you know, um, I, I think first of all, you need to make sure that you understand your business very, very well. Because setting KPIs could eventually lead to a misleading perception on your business. If you're only looking at certain KPIs and you ignore others, um, you might not have a full visibility of, of your business performance. So first and foremost, plan. Make sure that you plan your business in a way that will allow you to place those KPIs um, around what is important to drive your business. Uh, it could be your manufacturing assembly line, it could be your people, it could be your customers, it could be your marketing channels, it could be your operational processes, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, but plan, make sure that the KPIs that you're anchoring on are those that really drives your business. I think that we are tending to drown by KPIs. We, we, we look at too many KPIs and that's also um, you know, noise, it's too much data is also a problem. Um, so this is where AI and automation can actually help you. We can consolidate multiple KPIs into a singular output that will be driven by AI. So I, I think that my first advice is plan. The second advice is improve and optimize. You'll get answers. You'll start to run your business from those KPIs. Keep asking questions. Are those the right KPIs? Am I actually looking at the right matrix? Am I um, changing properly and get results? So get constant feedback on those KPIs. Don't just you know, fire and forget. Business is a very dynamic um, animal. And as such, you want to make sure that you keep 
um, improving and, and, pre and precisely changing the KPIs according to your business performance. And thirdly, maybe that's a little bit more psychological, make everybody in the company involved. Get everybody to stand behind those KPIs because if that's going to be your north star, you want to make sure that everybody's, everybody's marching to the right direction. And everybody is using the same data to reach those uh, distinction, destinations? First of all, in theory, yes. Um, I think that various functions in the business could use different um, data points and, and data attributes. But eventually, if we're looking at a certain north star, then that's where we're all headed. So even if we're coming from you know, marketing and sales and operations and production, eventually it all needs to lead to happy customers. Yeah. If my customers are unhappy, I want to dial back and see. Maybe I brought the wrong customers. Maybe I'm giving them you know, products that are not satisfying. Maybe my sales operation is selling to the wrong people. And, and the list goes on and on and on. So I, I think that there are leading KPIs that the entire company should be measured on regardless of function. And there are leading KPIs that each function should be responsible for. Yeah. My, my question was that if every, every department has its own data, there could be uh, some con uh, confliction between them. But if we have one big uh, cake of data and everybody takes a slice, its own slice, it's important, a slice that's important to him, maybe that's the way to make sure that we are on the same uh, cake or the same page. So first of all, you touched on one of the biggest challenges in this industry. It's called one version of the truth. One version of the truth is something that organizations are struggling with regardless of what analytics offering um, they acquired. Obviously, we at Pyramid believe that because we're a end-to-end -end wholesome experience, we do provide a single version of the truth because you're running everything from a single platform. However, there's still arguments between different functions on the accuracy of the business KPIs just because they might be conflicting. But single version of the truth is definitely something that organizations should pay attention to. And when you buy a platform like Pyramid, you have much better chances of getting to that point of a single version of the truth. All right. All right. Uh, you reminded uh, earlier the term uh, uh, time to value. Maybe you can explain a little bit uh, further what are the best uh, strategies, uh, best, uh, best uh, practices to go to get there. So t time to value is something that um, to a certain degree, it's a little bit vague, right? Th there isn't really a clear metric. What is time to value? If I, if I got an insight immediately, but I haven't acted on, then who cares if I got the, in the insight immediately? So let's start with the basic, the fundamentals. The basics are... I want to get an insight that is as near real time as possible from my assembly line, from my marketing operations, from my ERP system, from my um, manufacturing line, from my um, supply chain um, manufacturing um, produce, and, and the list goes on and on. So first and foremost, um, I, I want to make sure that my, it's very clear to me, the insight that I'm getting needs to be as near real time as possible. So that's one. 
The second part um, is what are the insights that I'm getting and can they affect my business immediately? So not every insight that I will get in real time, I can actually go and fix in real time. So that's the second part. The third part is that I want to make sure that I can own the timeline for an insight. Why is it important? It's important because usually in analytics organiz- uh, implementations, I'm dependent on multiple functions to help me produce that insight. I need to go to IT, I need to go to the business owners, I need to go to the analytics group, and each one of them is a blocker and a barrier. No disrespect to them, but that's the nature of the beast. Um, If I can own, if I can have a self-service, a true self-service, that I don't need to go through IT, I don't need to go um, through the analytics group, I don't need to go through the line of business, I can actually get the insight in real time myself without any barrier, any blocker, then I own my own destiny. And, and that, I think, is a critical um, part in, in, in time to insight. And that is what accelerates the, the time to value? So that, that's one of the things that accelerates time to insight or time to value. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the way you connect to your data can accelerate time to value. The depth of analytics that you can apply on your data is time to value. And maybe the more important part, and you know, we've been talking about AI and automation of insights and the importance of decision making from uh, the lenses of, of analytics. Time to insight or owning your own destiny is critical. Um, if I can actually get the, to make the decision in, in real time um, through my analytics platform, then the time to insight actually have an impact, immediate impact on, the, on my business. If there is an, a critical mission, a mission critical, um, um, I would say, operation that I need to do, and it took me three weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks to act on, I potentially lost the customer, I lost money, I produced the wrong product, and the list goes on and on and on. So the time to insight could be critical for businesses. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, risks. Uh, f- a company faces a lot of risks uh, during its uh, lifetime. Uh, would you say that uh, BI um, uh, data analysis is a help in that area? It can um, alarm the company or changes the seasons so the risks are mitigated? So I, I think first and foremost, visibility, transparency is the first cure to problems, right? If I know about a problem, it's probably 50% of trying to fix it. So visibility to challenges in the business are critical. When you don't run your business uh, with data or data analytics, you have a gut feeling, you feel that your business is slowing, you feel that you're talking to the wrong customer, you feel that your customers are unhappy with the products that they get from you, but you don't have an exact measure. Um, It is brutal because data don't lie, but at least you have uh, clear visibility to your business challenges. So that's the first part. The second part um, is that analytics solutions can actually offer some cures to those problems. Um, If you change your pricing, you might sell more. If you reduce cost on your assembly line, you might be more profitable, Um, and, and so on and so forth. So I think that Analytics solutions are definitely key to help solving business problems. 
First of all, by transparency. Second, by go to action, by telling you what you could potentially do and where the problems um, reside. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's funny, but these days, I think one of the main risks that a lot of uh, people talk about is the risk coming from the data itself uh, concerning uh, using uh, of AI technologies to to analyze the data and uh, sometimes funny results or even dangerous results are coming from it. Is there any aspect of that that's uh, involved in your, uh, in your area, in your space of uh, action? So I, I think, you know, it, it's, um, it's quite exotic to talk about um, automatic businesses, right? Um, everybody can go to the beach and AI will run my bank or will run my production line or my manufacturing uh, company. I think we're very far from that. Um, today, analytics and data and AI specifically are definitely here to help. It is a revolution um, and every revolution introduced risks and, and fear and, you know, probably challenges, which I think businesses will easily overcome because it will help them allocate resources to maybe more productive areas. If I don't need to do the mundane job and I can, as a human, I can actually um, add more creativity and, and add to my function much more um, maybe experience and, and business structure and, and so on and so forth, then now I actually optimize my myself. I become much more productive. So I think, yes, it is um, an interesting era where AI is, um, to a certain degree, disrupting um, the way businesses operate. But, you know, when you think about the, um, the agriculture uh, revolution, when you think about the industrial revolution, they were all very scary. If you lived back then, oh, my God, like, what, what will I do? Uh, Machine. uh, machines. machines will do the, the work instead of me. Exactly. You know, you'll have uh, four-wheelers that will harvest the food for us and will probably won't be necessary anymore. Yeah. And look at what happened. It actually advanced, advances the world. We were able to manufacture more food and maybe more health and so on and so forth. So I think that eventually there are lots of amazing advancements that will come from AI. I think it's clear that it's a little bit scaring and you know organizations have some fear from that and we as humans um, feel maybe um, uncertain around the implementation of AI, but I, I really believe that um, it's eventually going to help us if we're going to use it properly. I'm, I'm still curious about one point. Uh, one of the risks that uh, everybody faced uh, is hallucinations. The things like, uh, like uh, ChatGPT, uh, imagine things, or sometimes they say he li it lies. But in your area of business, I think that hallucinations couldn't... I, I don't think of anything that could be more severe than that. Data that is not reliable. How can you, uh, I don't know, combine the AI technology into your uh, general technology without fears of hallucinations? So m maybe to be a little bit technical, but there are two... The, the ChatGPT relies on a technology called LLM, large language models, right? Um, they're public. They are based on billions of records um, anywhere um, online. Right. Organizations will need to find a way to lean on 
private LLMs. Basically, if I'm Bank of America or Citibank or Chase Bank and I want to use ChatGPT-like technologies, I won't be able to go and use public um, domain. I will need to use my own LLMs, my private... Um, so you, you'll train the AI on your own data, not exactly. on the general internet data. Exactly. So basically what organizations have already started to do um, is um, adopting technologies that are using private LLMs, basically um, trained models that look at my data, that looks at my profile, and allows me to use that to advance my business. We do allow external data, but that won't be for mission-critical applications. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, enough with this. Um, I'm still uh, interested in your uh, customers and uh, customer stories, experiences. Uh, would you say there's a certain uh, company that you can describe as the greatest ROI story of, among all your customers? Um, I need to think about one that <laughs> is the so greatest. Many, but so many like this, huh? Exactly. I, you know, it's like asking someone uh, which baby of yours <laughs> you like the most, right? Um, I, I think that, first of all, all of our customers will measure the implementation and usage of Pyramid in terms of ROI. So I think that none, we don't have customers that don't have a positive ROI. And because of that, they're still customers of us. When they will start to see that Pyramid doesn't add value, um, they'll probably churn. So we're doing, um, we're making massive investments in making sure that whatever is your use case, whatever industry you're in, Pyramid will always deliver tremendous value and will be um, advancing your business to um, across all of your functions. But let me ask it maybe a little differently. What is, uh, what the companies that have uh, I don't know, large ROI, have in common? What, what are the, the identifiers of these companies? Yeah, so I, I think complex use cases, very deep in data, um, that will have a mission-critical impact on their business, um, from car manufacturing to healthcare um, providers through financial services, they all eventually sell very complex products that have quite sophisticated um, relationship with their customers. You know, insurance is sophisticated and complex. Uh, banking is sophisticated and complex. Loans, securities, um, car manufacturing, airplanes manufacturing. You know, think about uh, we're all walking into airplanes quite certain and, and safe, uh, but do you have any idea how that airplane was built and, and assembled and manufactured? It's a very complicated um, process, and you want to make sure that you have visibility through the entire uh, manufacturing process across the board. So I, I think that all of our customers will have very deep, sophisticated, mission-critical use cases that they will have to solve. Um, and, be, and through that, ROI will be super, super high. 
All right, we are getting uh, close to the end of this uh, uh, talk. That's a shame, I enjoy myself. <laughs> I enjoy every minute of it, and there will, will be more. <laughs> But maybe as the last question for now, I would like to know what advice that you can give to organizations that are looking uh, to maximize their ROI uh, on their BI investments. So first of all, I think that you need to make sure that you know what you're looking for. What, what is the problem you're trying to solve? Analytics can do eventually everything. Um, it can find every gap in your business. It can help you advance any manufacturing process you want to do. It can help you build be better products. It can help you improve margins. It can make you more profitable. But if you won't know what you're trying to solve for, then you'll be lost because eventually it really is a very, very wide, deep ocean um, that can help your business accelerate in, in tremendous ways. So my first advice is, know what you're trying to solve for. The second one is choose the right partners. Uh, obviously, I believe that we're the best partners in the world, but choose the right partner for you. Um, maybe your use case is very, very complex and complicated and you need a platform that can go super deep into your data. And maybe you have quite a simple operation and you don't need a very deep um, analytic solution that will drain your resources for no reason. So I, I think that making sure that you know what you're trying to solve and who's your partner, who's your best optimal partner um, is critical. The second is, or the third part, is make sure that you can measure the success of your analytics implementation. Know that you need to be able eventually to look back and say, I you know, invested X and the return on investment was, was Y. All right. That seems to be a lot of considerations, but would you say that's a journey worth going through? I, I think it's a journey must uh, you must go through. You can't today run a business that doesn't have a culture, uh, a data culture woven into that business. You'll be left behind. Um, your competitors are... quite sophisticated in the way they leverage data assets to run their business. And if you won't join that trend, you'll be left behind. All right. That's a lot of, to think about. So thank you very much. Thank you, Tal. We'll meet again. Oh, absolutely. Looking forward to it. 